Hi, it's Dr. Weitz. Thanks so much for joining me for this episode of the Private Medical Practice Academy. We all know that documentation is one of those frustrating, burdensome necessities of practicing medicine. And pretty much every healthcare provider I know has complained vociferously about the hassles associated with charting. More specifically, the complaints always seem to be centered around the click, click, click. And the source of the pain? The electronic medical record. When you're an employed physician, you basically get stuck using whatever software your employer has purchased. If you work for a large hospital system or a large multi-specialty group, you're likely going to be using one of the big boys, like either Epic or Cerner. On the other hand, if you work for a smaller practice, you may be using one of what seems to be one of the hundred possible options that are out there. The one thing I can tell you for sure is that regardless of which software you're using currently for your EMR, somebody put a lot of time and effort into deciding which one to use, even though I understand it doesn't always feel like that's the case. I totally get that it's super easy to complain about something that you have no control over. But the joke of the entire situation is that when you're the practice owner, the buck stops with you. You have to sort through all sorts of choices and ultimately make a decision. Your first step, regardless of whether you are starting out in practice or your practice is established, is to think through what you actually want your software to do. Honestly, there's no way to compare the nuanced features that differentiates the various programs that are out there unless you have a big picture view of what you actually want. And that's what we're going to talk about today, the big picture view. Let's start by talking about EMR and EHR. People use these terms interchangeably, but that's not exactly the case. Yes, all EHR have an EMR component, but not all EMRs are EHRs. EMR stands for electronic medical record. Restated, basically this is just your note. When electronic medical records first came into existence, it was really just to get your note into a digitized form. I want you to stop and think for a minute about all of the other documents that we review on a daily basis. Things like lab tests, imaging studies, notes from other providers, all sorts of other ancillary services. These in turn need to somehow get into your chart and when everything was on paper, on some level, it was actually a lot easier because literally all you had to do was file it in the correct section of the paper chart. It's just now that the chart lives in a digital form. You're probably thinking to yourself, so what now that the chart is in a digital form instead of paper? What difference does that make? Well, look, EMRs evolve into EHRs as you start to add documents beyond just your note. So what exactly is an EHR? EHR stands for electronic health record. And once you start adding all of these other documents, you actually have a health record, not just a medical record. As a side note, I want to point out to you that you may have noticed that some documents come to your office electronically, but that some still arrive as paper. Have you ever asked yourself how does the document that comes as paper or even that is faxed and is electronic in some way, get into your digital chart? If the document arrives as a piece of paper, who scans it? And then where and how does it get put into this digital chart? Do you have any idea 
who set up the filing system in the digital chart or how exactly that was done? So just as a gentle hint, no, the software didn't just come that way. And once you start to think about that, you'll understand that as we think about which software product do we want, we have to think about all the ways in which information is handled within that software package. I'll give you another example of integration that's fundamental to an EHR. We need to be able to write prescriptions, and we've all become accustomed to e-prescribing. But this doesn't just happen automatically. This is another example of that integration that happens in the EHR. And so to that end, every time you think e-something, this is where you should be thinking this is a component of an EHR. Now let's take it one step further. Anyone who's ever used Epic as part of a large hospital system knows that you can have the integration of your clinic notes with the patient's records from the hospital. And you can see documents from any provider who uses Epic, not only those who are in your clinic or in your hospital system. And the beauty of it is you don't even have to request them. But let's call a spade a spade. Epic is extraordinarily expensive and is far beyond the budget of pretty much all small practices. So realistically, you cannot expect to get a software package that is going to be comparable to Epic. So if you are leaving a hospital system where you're using Epic or Cerna and you're thinking, oh, I'm going to get all of that functionality in what I'm going to purchase, the answer is probably not. So what are the features that you can expect from an EHR? All of them provide you with a digital medical record. And really what I mean is the electronic version of the old-fashioned paper chart. There is a section for your notes, for messages, and for other documents. They should all offer you the ability to e-prescribe or offer you software with an e-prescribe plugin. After that, there are so many features that differentiate one EHR system from, the no from another, it's going to make your head spin. But not to worry, in my next episode, I'm going to break down the key things you're going to want to consider as you start to specifically research different products. But for now, I want you to focus your attention on two big picture considerations that will help you to narrow the field. First, you need to determine whether you want your EHR to be enterprise or cloud-based. Simply put, enterprise-based EHRs live on your server or servers in your office. So right away, you should be thinking that there are several things to think about here. First, you have to have a server to house the software. Do you have a server? If you don't, how much does a server cost? It also means that you have to start thinking about how are you going to back up your data? What happens when the server goes down? Or I'll give you another example. What happens when the server room floods? No, seriously. Like During Hurricane Katrina, one of the local health insurance companies had their servers on the first floor and the server room flooded. They didn't have any off-site backup. And as a result, they were unable to process claims for weeks. So imagine if you are a practice that has an enterprise-based software system, and you don't have redundancy. At a bare minimum, you have to think about IT support. 
Do you have an in-house IT person for when your server isn't working? If your EHR is enterprise-based, if your server is down, so is your EHR. Needless to say, calling the EHR company is not going to help you in any way, shape, or form because this is a hardware issue and not their software problem. And so you can see that enterprise-based EHRs require much more infrastructure. Now, on the other hand, when the EHR is cloud-based, the program sits in the cloud and can be assessed from any device. In this case, you don't need a server. The software sits on the servers that are owned by the EHR company. And usually these companies have server redundancy, meaning that they have multiple servers in multiple locations, all backing up the data. This way, even if one server is down, you are not down. The caveat here is that cloud-based software means that you have to have an internet connection to access your EHR. Okay, I can hear you laughing at me. Everyone has an internet connection, but not so fast. You need to think through whether the internet connections are going to be wired or wireless. And before you jump to answer this, you're gonna to wanna to think about how are you going to be accessing your EHR? Here's a hint. Are you and your staff going to be working off of desktop monitors or are you going to be walking around with laptops and tablets? I want you to think about how many people will be online at the same time. And by online, I don't necessarily mean using this particular cloud-based software. I mean using your internet connection in any way. Like, for example, if you offer your patients Wi-Fi, they're using some of your bandwidth. Or, I'll give you another example. I had a doctor in my clinic who used to sneak off to his office to watch cricket games between patients. You know what happened to my bandwidth? All of a sudden, our internet slowed down because, lo and behold, watching cricket takes up a fair amount of the internet connectivity. So you will need to understand your bandwidth. Nothing is more frustrating to me than waiting for a page to load. Everyone complains about the number of keystrokes and clicks required to complete a chart. Now take a step back and think about how much you're going to fume if your internet speed impedes your productivity. I know that if you're starting out, you probably don't have an IT person, but we rely on computers and the internet to make every aspect of our offices function. You're going to want to understand your IT scheme in order to determine what type of EHR is best for you. And unless you're an IT guru yourself, and I'm not, I would strongly encourage you to bring in an IT consultant. In the long run, the small amount of money that you need to pay them is going to pale in comparison to the amount you're going to spend on an EHR and any impact that it costs you by not optimizing your productivity. And when you're considering the difference between enterprise-based and cloud-based EHR, I'd be remiss to not mention that there's obviously going to be a difference in the cost. To start, you're going to have significant startup costs if you purchase an enterprise-based system, and you're going to have the cost of the hardware. In comparison, the startup costs for cloud-based EHRs tends to be less, and they require less infrastructure. But as with many things, the cost differences may not be as great as you initially think. 
you really need to be able to compare apples to apples. I'd recommend to you that you create a spreadsheet so that you can compare all of the costs involved. What type of infrastructure do you need and how much is that going to cost? Sure, service costs money, but so does the wiring for the faster internet connection that I talked to you about. You're also going to have to understand how much it's going to cost you to have internet service with the bandwidth that you need in order to run the cloud-based program. What's the purchase price of the enterprise software? And what exactly are you getting for that? How often are there upgrades and do you have to pay for the upgrades? Is there a yearly maintenance fee? On the other hand, if you choose the cloud-based system, how much do you have to pay them per month? How much is it per user? How often do they raise their prices? These are just some of the questions that you're going to want to be able to have answers to. Personally, I've had both the enterprise and the cloud-based EHR in my practice. Our original EHR software was enterprise-based. And in all honesty, the reason was that back when EHR first became a thing, cloud-based wasn't really an option. If you want my personal opinion, I think that cloud-based software EHRs today are advantageous because the startup costs tend to be lower, they're more scalable, and they offer greater flexibility. Now, the other big picture item I want to talk to you about is the difference between EHR and practice management software. A lot of folks conflate EHR with practice management software. And if you're currently an employed physician, especially if it's a large entity, you probably haven't given a whole lot of thought about whether the EHR communicates with the practice management software. And if it does, how does it do that? But I'm sure that you understand that medical record keeping doesn't happen in a vacuum. All of this from the time that you get a referral to the time you schedule the patient to you see the patient, write the note, and then ultimately bill for it, it's a totally integrated process. You just need to understand the components. So here's what you need to know. EHR and practice management software are not the same thing. Even though a lot of the time people talk about them in the same breath as if they're one and the same, they're not. Scheduling, eligibility, prior authorization, billing, patient statements are all components housed within practice management software. Scheduling is actually also offered in an EHR. At the end of the day, you need a system or systems that are going to be able to do all of this. So you have two basic options. First, you can get a standalone EHR and a standalone practice management software, or you can get an integrated product. My initial practice management software was a standalone product. In part, this was because it predated EHR in the old days when we still had paper charts. Yes, folks, back in the dark ages. The scary thing here is that the dark ages was less than 15 years ago. Then we added EHR as a standalone product. Why? Well, because we already had the practice management software in place. I have to tell you, it didn't take long for us to figure out that the two standalone products did not integrate very well. The connection between them was not seamless. And no matter how much each vendor promised or promises that they're going to work with the other vendor, there always seems to be hiccups, finger pointing, hurdles, and additional costs to getting the two components to play nice in the sandbox together. And as a result, we ended up switching to a completely integrated EHR practice management software product. Deciding whether you want an enterprise-based system or a cloud-based system 
and then deciding whether you want a standalone EHR with a standalone practice management software, or you want an integrated product, these are probably the decisions that will have the biggest impact on your budget and your consideration of specific vendors and their products. Thinking through these bigger logistical issues will help you narrow down the choices and make the EHR and practice management software selection process seem a whole lot less overwhelming. Thanks for joining me. Please be sure to sign up for my newsletter below. I'll be sending you tips on how to start a practice, grow a practice, and then add multiple services so that you can maximize your revenue.